0: Oh, break down, one of the first things I like to do um, is, first two weeks, give them a lower back giant set. Yep. Um, we can actually talk, do you want to talk about that specifically? Yeah, uh, yeah. Max just recently did a post on that. If you haven't seen it, please check it out on his page. Um, yeah, go on to it. Yeah, so
1: lower back giant sets, um, the first time, um, I, well, the guy that basically invented them, or... I hate to say the word advantage because I'm sure it was done, you know, a hundred years ago, yeah. just in a, in a different way. Um, you know, I'm sure, nothing...
0: bodybuilders would have done it to build their back at some stage.
1: <laughs> but there was a guy um, who used to work with a group. I think it was called Ryan Farley, um, and he, um, yeah, came up with this idea of lower back giant sets. And then one um, one of my coaches that I've had, Tom Hibbert, put me through them in the first two weeks I trained with him and. Ever since then, I've given them to plenty of clients with good results. So, essentially, um, the what it does is you fatigue the hamstrings, but with a leg curl. That way, you isolate them. And I, I like to throw in like a drop set or like some kind of partial movement. Or some full force reps. Yes. Sorry, and
0: Yates uh, blood, sweat, and tears
1: reps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you, you destroy the hamstrings and then you do three. Well, it depends on their training age. It'll be one to three hip dominant posterior chain movements. And because the hamstrings are so fatigued, the lower back takes over and you get the most agonizing pump in the lower back. Specifically,
0: which muscles in the lower back? Oh, we're just spinal erectors, really? Yeah, like yep. jacking the spinal erectors to the absolute nine. And this is something that I have to more so coach people through and I give them mm. warning before they do this. I go, look, your lower back's going to burn and it's going to burn hard. And how I explain it is that, you know when you do a really like for guys more so than females will understand this, but when you do a really hard arm pump and you get a massive pump and your biceps are burning, you don't feel like you can lift your arm up. I tell you, this is how your lower back is going to feel and don't be afraid of that feeling. Embrace Mm. it because that burn is essentially going to create strength and growth and your body's going to adapt to that.
1: Yeah, it's something... um, a whole society is just afraid of working your lower back, basically. like Everyone's been drummed into... From you know, since they're little, don't live with their back. Like, I remember, I you know, this like we had talks at school. Don't lift with your back. Yeah, you know, like it's a bit, like um, and <laughs> so you get drummed into it. So when you get this feeling, um, a lot of people don't know the difference between a lower back injury and their lower back muscle being worked because mm-hmm. there is a big difference. But if you're if you haven't experienced it before, you can be quite uncomfortable. But it's yes. something. And it is is honestly agonizing your pain, but it's something you just have to push through. And it's really good if you have a training buddy or just someone to shout at you while you're doing the reps. Uh, Exactly. um, Um, And I um, I highly
0: recommend this to uh, all my clients that do it and have done it. it's something I do say hmm. to you is that afterwards, spend five to 10 minutes on your phone, laying on your back, doing nothing. Do not hop in the car because if you hop in the car and your back's still burning, you hop straight back out on the side of the road and just lay down to get the pressure off. So you gotta lay down. You gotta lay down and um, get the pressure off because there has been many times of driven home from the gym in a rush to get out of the gym after doing <laughs> some sort of lower back work and mm. then just had to pull over on the side of the road and lay there like a stick because I can't move oh <laughs> uh, no,
1: no. Well, I don't think I've ever done that but I've, I've done I've had it where um, you just have to put the seat back so you're almost like lying horizontal <laughs> driving your car um, back yeah. from the gym which isn't good but um
0: my well, seat couldn't go back very far because there's a wall directly oh yeah <laughs> of course yeah
1: no but it, it, it's it's nauseating it's honestly um nauseating like um if you're doing it right you know you'll do three to five set rounds of it and you'll want to quit after the first round you'll be on your back after each round, round um, honestly just feeling sick deep your, your stomach at the thought so of doing another one I'm
0: sure you guys are wondering now why we prescribe this and Max will tell you
1: that yeah. now. <laughs> well anyway so, so why do we do it so basically the, the lower, back take, take, uh, lower back takes over on the last three movements or one to three depending on how advanced the person is so it just gets a really big growth and strength stimulus and it sets you up for a big deadlift months down the track and helps prevent injuries as well. Exactly.
0: All so yeah, like in the 12-week uh, scheme of um, systemizing a program for someone, uh, the first two weeks is where I'd really drill that into them, just to, yeah. I like to use the word bulletproof, but it's not bulletproof mm. because anything can go wrong, but bulletproofing or creating as much strength as possible and strength endurance more so in the lower back.
1: Yeah. Because when you think about it, your, lower, your spinal erectors actually hold yourself up all day long. So they're always, you know, slightly contracting. Especially if you're, walk, you know, walking around a lot like we're meant to. You know, a lot of people are just sitting down. So those muscles have actually atrophied quite a bit and they're really weak. But there's, there's quite a few slow twitch fibers in there. So you can go a lot, you can break the rules a bit. You know, you I wouldn't, I don't normally do giant sets, but it's one case where giant sets and high reps can actually make you um, quite stronger, you know, as a base phase.
0: Yeah, and um, there's a common saying in the strength uh, in the strength work that you can only build a pyramid as far as high as you can, wide as you can build the base. So mm-hmm. uh, having that muscle mass or having that um strength there as a base mm. uh, means that you can build your strength ceiling a lot higher as well
1: yeah exactly like um if you're a strong lower back it, you know you potentially you can actually increase the size of your upper body if you've never done any, any um much lower back work yes because now your body's gonna feel a lot more safe so you're gonna you're gonna increase your neural drive to your upper body muscles exactly so exactly. could even get bigger biceps
0: that could be a thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if your lower back's a week, a week. If you've got a bad back, you could potentially get bigger, bigger biceps by, by training by doing giant sets. I haven't, I haven't you know.
0: tested this on anyone yet. This
1: <laughs> <laughs> is yet to it, come. It's th- theoretical, anyway. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, and then, I, I mean, just, just one more thing on those before we go to the next next kind of phase. Um, when I was doing strongman humps before doing this, and they, and I've literally, I've pretty much only done them for a, a two week phase. I've done, I've done it a few times since then, but that two-week phase, after that, I never... After a strongman comp, my back used to hurt for a week after. Um, you know, really barely. Like, um, you know, almost um, slight injury. And then ever since doing that protocol, my lower back has been f- absolutely fine after comps. Yeah, and
0: same with me. As, uh, prior to doing lower back giant sets as part of a program, or in my program, um, I would always get some sort of niggle from my back. I have had nothing since. If anything, I've had slight um, niggles through the hips and knees, but again, that's from different weaknesses. But um, yeah, nothing through my lower back since using the lower back joint sets.
1: Mm. All right, so then um, we've done the first two weeks, and then w- what direction would your program kind of head in? I would start
0: increasing their time on detention, so going into um, paused snatch grips or pause deadlifts, things like that. So still deadlifting on the deadlift days, but uh, if we're sp- talking specifically about deadlift um, on the deadlift days, then I'll start adding in things like pauses and that and like different positions of the deadlift that weaker, on, depending on the person, but generally the position they're weakest in, spend more time there for X amount of weeks. And then I, as the program would um, progress on from that, I'd go up into, do you wanna talk about pauses first? Or we, or we cover those?
1: Um, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, well, so second, second phase. Um, t- I mean, obviously, it depends on the situation, depends on the person. But um, you know, in general, it's still if it, we're talking about twelve weeks. You know, this is week two to four. Sorry, th- yeah. three week three and three four, and four. four. Yeah, three yeah. and four. Yeah, um, we're still got a long time before we're maxing out. So, yes. yeah, yeah. so we can we you know, we don't want to keep doing the giant sets because that phase is completed. But we want to get we want to reintroduce deadlifts, but it'll be a variation yep most likely a snatch grip um just because i discussed them. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you know maybe, maybe like a um two four six eight like two snatch grips into four deadlifts the same weight yep and then six glute hams into eight back extensions so it's got a bit of that giant set feel but it's heavier yep. so the intensity has gone up and it's getting a bit more specific but we're still building that base for a big pull yeah
0: exactly and that's um that's a really awesome method two four six eight so the ascending um rep scheme coming mm. into it so you're working in such a such a high weight in your twos and fours but then the rest is even though it's still a high weight you're in almost a hypertrophy. Well, you are in a hypertrophy rep range so you're actually creating some hypertrophy uh, along with your strength
1: yeah no i want it because it lets you do hypertrophy but still go heavy yeah. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> if
0: you're, you're very dopamine dominant personalities, and anything we can go heavy and do some sort of higher reps is uh, like giving a heart on.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
0: uh, um, all right. What's your next thing after that? Well, so five, five to six.
1: Five to six. Um,
0: or s- five to eight, depending on how long we run. Five to on. eight. Yeah.
1: I mean, we we're doing two or three week phases. So um, so probably yeah, probably a pause for um. Yeah, I mean, it's at this point, you know, you normally will start doing some reps, kind of some kind of rep work on the actual deadlift. Yep. So, I mean, it'll totally depend on how event they are, but, um, you know, uh, what I like for people, um, you know, who are wanting to get that 200 or 220 is maybe just like a basic, you know, 8%, 6x3, 6x4, yep. 6x5, building up to that 6x6, you know, it's still getting some good volume in. Just
0: a question on that, how do you then bring them down... Well, obviously, once you're doing a six by six, that's that's quite high reps for something that you want to increase one rep max on. Then, how do you scale that back to a one?
1: Yeah, well, um, that's if a good point. No, 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 no. The, you want to. The, that's a good point, actually. Um, so, I guess a lot of my when I mean, I, I don't normally use the six by six for someone who's really advanced. is yeah. just too too much volume. It's like. Um, you know, if you're deadlifting, you know, over 300 kilos, it's the weight's just going to be too... You're going to be put in the ground if you're doing a 6x6. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it, it's more this like... When someone's more of a beginner, you're always going to bias towards those hypertrophy methods. Yes. Because they haven't got as much muscle mass, so that's your priority build that up. Yep. And less weights so you know, gonna, not going to injure themselves, and they'll just get more out of it. You know, they haven't learned to really recruit those high-threshold motor units yet. Yep. and benefit from heavier weight. But um, getting on from that, it, so say someone did come for six by six, and you wanted to pick them out, and, and you got like four weeks. I'd, I, I, I don't mind the final week being testing. where you testing? Yeah, yeah, one? Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. So I might do deficits for two for two weeks. Yep, going up to work up to a heavy single on a deficit. Okay, yep. Um, and the goal on that is ninety percent of their goal. Yep, so eighty-five you're going from to
0: six by six to the next week, ninety percent.
1: No, no. So you, you build up so. Um, you might go a five, four, three, two, one, yep, and your last you. set's about eighty-five percent of your of your goal. And then the week after, you go to or maybe seventy-five. You know, you know, somewhere in there, eighty, eighty-five percent. And the week after, you go to a really heavy deficit, maybe a five, three, one, one, one. So you're dropping the sets back, increasing the jumps between uh, weights, and you work up to a um, heavy deficit. So like. Um, like I'm training my little brother at the moment and he just did like a 200 kilo deficit. So he actually did 160 and it was meant to do 180 this week, but it flew up. So he went to 200. So he got a 20 kilo PB on his deficits. Strength runs in this family of balls. <laughs> back strength, anyway. Yeah, back strength, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he did 200 deficit and then from there, basically we'll, de- we'll deload next week. So we might pull 200, which will feel easy because he's just done a deficit with the same weight the week before, and then we know the week after he's going to smash, um, you know, two twenty from the floor.
0: Yep, there you go.
1: Yeah, so so uh, that's that's one way of doing it. Um, I mean, and not, I mean, the, you know, there's a few simple ways. You can go to like a five by five, four by four, three by three. But yeah, if you've got twelve weeks, it's it's yeah. going to take you a few to get down to one. So yeah, I mean, you can, you can do it. Yeah, but you can do it in over a month. Um, uh, you just got to. Uh, you know, just um, pick your pick your weights correctly so you're not overextending yourself. You know, you're not you never want to pull the max deadlift every week.
0: Yeah, you're
1: not. Yeah, try not to. Unless you know, unless you're like Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our CrossFit, our um,
0: past strongman follow that has uh, we've lost to CrossFit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who's uh, an absolute animal and um, absolutely insane. Yeah, just a different breed of human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah If you haven't seen him, check him out on Facebook. What's his? Uh, um, what's, uh, sorry, on Instagram. Yeah, what's Ma- his handle. Mass Productions eighty eight or
1: something. Mass Productions. Mass something?
0: productions yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Says it in the name.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and no, we're just we're just joking about him because um we've uh, we always wonder how we can recover from some of his training you know deadlifting um you know basically to failure with f- over three hundred every week. Yep, he yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, definitely a different type of. <laughs> Build of a
1: human, man. Anyway, a bit off topic there, but um, so so anyway, we'll go go back to you. So what are some of the methods you use in that kind of middle phase? So you've gone from the snatch grips, how do you transition over to a max?
0: Uh, I'd build up, so um, each week I'd go from 80, 90, 95, then eventually to 100. Um, I'll use uh, methods where I do chains. So I'll do example. Just use an example. Let's say I did uh, three by three sets of twos with chains, and then I'll do two sets of singles with no chains. So that would be more oh. speed rep focus. So that's just just another way to get there and build
1: up to singles for someone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, lots of different methods. Like um, sometimes I'll, th- you know, more advanced guys I'll throw in like a poor snatch grip Actually, the phase before they peak. Yep, okay. And I find yep. that just dull, for some people, that just dulls in their technique and then it does the same as the deficit. And then you pull snatch, yeah, at a high uh, percentage? Well, high percentage of that exercise. Yep. It's still not that heavy because it's, it's a hard exercise. But I find the week, the two weeks after, your deadlift just flies up. Um, that's interesting. I haven't actually heard that before. That's a, yeah, be a good one. Because, um, I mean, that, that's a bit unique because it's going against the kind of specificity. You know, principle. Yeah. You know, but, but um, I, I found it, it. It's definitely worked quite well for the people I've used that on. Yeah. Cool. A um, little bit, little bit of a different um, take on that. But um, I mean, this. It, yeah. To- it definitely depends on the person. Even like um. Sometimes I've gone um, <laughs> it was. Sometimes I've gone straight from a, a two, four, six, eight, and then straight into a peaking, and they've got a PB. Wow. Yeah. But but that was just It was
0: very individualised. Yeah. Yeah. In that yeah. In sense. I
1: yeah. mean th- that was like uh, there's a client um, who responds quite well to volume, yeah. but that's not a normal approach, and even that, it, it probably wasn't ideal. But um, I still wanted to get that base in, um, prioritising that base over that over performing that particular comp. Yeah. And he um, that guy pulled 280. At um under eighty kilos, so yeah, that's pretty New, awesome. New, New Zealand strongman record, so 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 definitely worked. Yeah.
0: Um, um specifically for uh, your strongman clients and your deadlifts, obviously there's different deadlift variations mm. in strongman. Um, how do you work with that? Do you use the same methods/slash principles, but just obviously changing the um whether it's an axle or a trap bar or different heights of a deadlift?
1: Yeah, look, it's an interesting question because um. Each deadlift will affect you a little bit differently like axles for some people can be quite stressful on the back so um they um, need a bit less volume yep. on axles than the room floor um, but it, you know it's, it's still you always want to prioritize the conventional as much as possible okay so that's gonna be your base and that's you know the, the most common so you always want to prioritize that
0: so in program would you put that before the event deadlift or oh or no, or? no
1: okay so um it's generally it's too much to have both in at once. Um on so unle- different days of the week? No, no, I, I still like deadlift once a week. Or you in different phases. Oh, okay. So so, so basically when you when you can't when you haven't got a comp up, you work on your conventional. Okay, yep. Unless you got a massive weakness on another deadlift like I'm sure it's like at some point I still haven't got around to do it. I need to do a phase where I really work my axles hard. Yep. Because I'm quite weak from that position.
0: Yeah. It's really shit without straps, in case you haven't seen that video. Uh, What's
1: what's your best deadlift without straps? Without straps was... 260. Yeah, I did
0: 270. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, He's he going. Me, uh, With an axle, I should have said. Oh, the, uh, <laughs> oh okay, axle. Yeah, yeah. Lip, yeah. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, we won't talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Leave that one. Leave that one out. Okay, I thought we were talking about, like,
1: over-under. Right, okay, no, double-handed. <laughs> no, under. I'm not. Actually, I'm like, pretty much too stiff to do over-under now. Like, can't can't get it supination on this arm. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, yeah, okay. So, so basically, work on conventional or building a base. Um, and then when you get close to comp, we just focus on that variation and get real... How rid- close? Uh, well, lo- lo- I mean, it the- depends on how serious the comp is. Yeah. Okay, like, I mean, like, I've got a, I've got a comp coming up, and I'm, I'm actually doing the comp variation as an accessory. Yeah. Because it's... it's
0: Quite lightweight for you though, wasn't it? Was it two sixty five? Two sixty five, yeah. For a, a just below knee actual yeah.
1: deadlift. And let's be honest, I'm going to win this comp anyway. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got to give the other guys a chance by not training a few events. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but normally, like, say, say you had, say, it was a serious comp, like you know Arnold's or Worlds or whatever? You do the comp variation, you know, probably for eight weeks. Eight weeks. Like okay. A full cool. peaking phase. Yeah. Um, and then you know there might be um. Some certain times of the year, you might not even deadlift at all. You might just do, you know, glute ham raises, Romanians, uh, pull ups, exercises that will help you deadlift and focus on bringing your squat up and some of your events because deadlifts can really beat you down and it's hard to progress them continuously the entire year. Yes,
0: yeah. I mean, there are some people that exempt that rule, they're absolute (laughs) freaks of nature that can put on 100 kilos in their deadlift in a year. yeah, for the average right. person, yeah, it does it can take quite a billion to put on uh, mm. kilos um, each each month or even throughout the year on your deadlift.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, I know. I mean, a different one was the frame. So I've never really the frame deadlift. Frame deadlift, for Arnold. So um, yeah. I mean, that one um, is a little bit. It's, it's a tricky one because it's um, a little bit less back, a bit more quad so when you start off it's initially less taxing but then the loads get quite high quite quickly so then it, it can kind of become quite taxing yeah you know when you um you know because you can lift so much more than a normal deadlift just, just by the load so um what's your client what
0: was the highest your, one of your clients got at the arms um, um, this year on the so frame Paul, deadlift?
1: Paul got 380. wow yep. yeah yeah and he was
0: under 105. under right? 105 yeah 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 yep. um did of you break 300. got 340. 340, 340. There you, 340, you go. So, yeah. some um, big numbers from some smaller men in the strongman world. Yeah. Well, one of us still one of the one of us is still pretty big. Actually,
1: they're both big. Yeah, they're not really important.
0: Well, bigger than the average human <laughs> though, compared to the uh, <laughs> the open strongman. Yeah, yeah. Or the world stage of strongman.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah no, no. So, so yeah, it is interesting, and, and that's supposed science still working out is. Um, you know how do you train those different variations differently? Um, and it's so individual, you know, specific. Like the first, I'm, I'm, you know, I really struggle with that below the knee pull. So there's been some. My first ever strongman comp, I got one rep in training with um, 245, and then on the day I was psyched out, I sucked up and got seven reps.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, this is that this is why I actually encourage my clients to step forward and give competition a go because you get um, the same max told me about, or taught me more so was that you get another level of psych on the day and it mm. makes you do what you didn't think you could do even in the gym you may have attempted you may have failed it you rock up on the day and it's all what happens on the day generally you're in a very hyped mindset and you can just you can go you can go for gold
1: especially on the deadlift yes yeah. like if you're not if you're not uh, beating what you did in the gym on the comp day on deadlift you're doing something wrong yep I mean, I can understand maybe, you know, well, squat and deadlift, you might not get that much of a boost, but deadlift, you, you should be getting quite a big difference. Yeah. You know, it's, it's more of an animalistic brute force lift than the other. Yeah, exactly. Other
0: it's, a, it's a deadlift.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um,
0: Actually, that's another point to bring in too. Uh, just going back to the beginning of the podcast, we talked about um, lack of leg drive and tightness from the deadlift. Uh, something I changed in my training is that I used to do a lot of tap and go reps. Mm. Uh, Max pointed out and said, try to do your deadlift from a dead stop. This made me take about 40 kilos off the bar. (laughs) But in the long run, it increased my deadlift double to what it was. Mm. So that's a good point is that if you're really struggling with your deadlifts, Check how you actually do your deadlift. If you're doing a tap and go, that's not a deadlift. A deadlift is where the weight comes to sort of a dead stop, and then you lift the weight again. Do mm. you agree?
1: Yeah, no, I'd agree. It's, it's good if someone is just uh, bouncing them, then that's that's not good. Um, it's hard to measure the percentage of strength you get from that. Yeah, yeah, because you're, you're going to... If you bounce a bunch of reps and then plug that into like one of those one rep max calculators, it will spit out this absolutely outrageous max. Yep. Whereas if you dead stop them, you'll actually see where you're really at.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: yep. But the other thing, I do sometimes like doing um, them. How Ed Cohn used to do them, where he'd do do like almost like a touch and go, but he'd lower it, stay tight, and then he'd keep tight, do a little pause, and then come back up.
0: Yep, it's almost like a half the deadlift.
1: A hover but you're touching the ground so yep. so it, like
0: five percent of the weight on the ground or yeah yeah actually
1: yep. that, that's a really good way of putting it is um five percent of the weight on the ground and i find find they're really good especially um if you're struggling tight at the bottom it can really teach you get that tightness at the bottom yes and then you gotta, you gotta learn how to get that tightness from that first rep
0: yeah so these are all ways to increase like a lot of people get a uh, hard on about just doing deficit deadlifts to increase their leg drive there's many different ways and that's another one is uh, and that hover like mm. hover deadlift where you're actually only coming down 5% yep. of the weight touches the ground pause for a second and then drive back up so yep. it teaches you to get a lot more power out of that bottom position of your deadlift
1: yeah you, you want to a, a good deadlifter needs to be able to own every portion of the movement so you should be you should be strong lifting you know t- uh, 5 seconds up 5 seconds down for 5 reps yep um, you know, if, if you can't do that without shaking all over the place, then you're avoiding certain parts of the range of motion yes. b- with momentum.
0: And this is something you see on bench press. Um, something I used mm. to do, actually, was... I used to rush through the bottom part of my bench press and bounce it out of there. I use that method sometimes um, if I'm trying to overload my chest, but generally if I want to go for max strength, I'll load up like a slingshot and then drive out of it with a controlled eccentric. Um, So going back to why I used to rush it, it was because my weaker part of my bench was at the bottom, so I'd try to rush through that. This is quite common to most guys, actually, the reason why they try bench or Bounce out of the bottom of the bench presses because that's the weaker part of the chest. Or they might not be used to going down to that range and might only go down halfway. So um, yeah, if you're trying to rush through a point, it's generally because you've got a weakness in that point.
1: Yeah, like you just you just got to go from a you know place of strength. So it's it's a it's a it's a weak mindset if you're trying to avoid yes. what, what you're weak at. Yeah, so uh, just stop you, in a little bitch is what <laughs> makes it <the same. laughs> so, so so you yeah you you see. Someone who's um, accomplished, you know, strong in the gym, they're in control of their reps the entire time. Whereas someone, you know, see, I see so many guys, they're literally trying to avoid every hard part. Trying to, it's like they're trying to avoid the muscles, <laughs> but any kind of muscular work whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is something that,
0: yeah, I've seen a lot, and I've probably done many times in the past as well. This is trying to avoid the... Um, Avoid the hardest part of the lifts. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, not everything is as easy as a bicep curl. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> all right, then. Um, all right, so we covered programming a fair bit. Um, and then uh, another thing I want to touch on was um, using strongman events to bring up the deadlift.
0: Okay, yep. Um, and we- one of your favorites for that is stones, isn't it? Actually, not really, no. What is it?
1: Uh, so some of the biggest progress I ever saw in my deadlift was, um, when I first started doing strongman,
0: um, event, do you have one?
1: Yeah. yeah, Um, so when I first started doing strongman, um, I, I didn't do many deadlifts because I found the events were quite taxing. And I, I also, at the time, there were a few factors that went into it, but, um, my well, deadlifts were quite inconsistent, and this was probably lower back weakness, and the, the giant sets improved that a lot. But I'd find I could only pull heavy in competition. So some, sometimes I'd pull, you know, I couldn't pull 200 in the gym, and then i get 250 in comp. Yeah. You know, I was just, some days I couldn't, yeah. So it, it was really inconsistent. So I kind of stepped away from doing deadlifts, because I programming just didn't make sense at the time. Um, and I, like I know the reasons why now but at the time it didn't make sense so I just avoided deadlifts and just hit strongman events and the squats hard the squats yeah squat it still kept squatting quite yep. hard <clears throat> and lots of front squats but then um, probably the thing that helped the most actually was um, my first strongman comp I um, held like a yoke so a yoke um, for those of who are listening it's a strongman event where there's this gigantic frame that's on your back that, and you have to run with it it looks time. like a squat rack yeah, so basically you're running with, the bar's quite thick, so it's on your back, and you have to run with it, and it's quite unstable, So you and you get timed on the distance. So, my first ever comp, I held it like a squat, so you're meant to have your hands on the sides to stabilise, and I, in training, I just had no other back strength with my arms out of the sides, so I had to have my arms in close, like hold, holding like a squat, and I did really bad, well, did really badly at that event. I think I, think I still won that event, but it's because <laughs> my opponent at the time wasn't very good. But um, <laughs> but anyway, um, but I, I knew like I'd done bad, you know, yep. I, I wasn't leaving up to my potential. And the organizer said, you know, man, you need to really learn how to hold on the sides. And literally that was it, building up to running with 300 plus kilos, holding the sides of the handles my upper back strength just went through the roof yep. and um, that really improved my deadlift. So probably the yoke for me was the biggest one. And then farmers helped a bit. Um, yeah, and that, that probably put 20 kilos on my deadlift without wow. any deadlifts at all. That's, that's pretty impressive.
0: Um, One thing I found, even though I didn't train it massively, but um, doing stones helped me with my deadlift. Mm, All for back strength, because it's been a while since I've done uh, Pacific lower back strength, so that was probably the most specifically targeted lower back um, exercise I've done, and I found that actually helped um, regain some may have lost strength from my lower back. Yeah, right. Do you see that relating over?
1: Oh, no, I can. I think it's definitely part of it. I think... um, for me, that just didn't hit the right areas for my yeah, deadlift. You're oh, already strong there. Yeah. Max, Max was born with, like, a
0: jacked lower back. Eh? <laughs> he, <laughs> he came out of the womb with this like, lower back muscle looking like
1: abs. I am like,
0: oh, that's his back. I'll turn him over. Oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, no, so, and also, the way, I, the way I deadlifted was quite stiff-legged. Yeah. So, my weakness was that, oh, back. So, the, the, for me, that was the case. But, yeah, it might be... um if that's if that's where you're weak, then definitely. Yeah, I can see that. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and, and for me, um, one thing that would would probably help my deadlift would be, uh, well, and has you know maybe stronger is doing lots of stones to a high platform. Yes. Because that's yeah. where I'm weak is that extension right at the top. Yep. Um, so I can you know I can lift a heavy stone off the ground, but it's like getting it up to you know. 1.4, 1.5 metre platform, yeah. it's hard.
0: And interesting, one of your clients, Nuttaboo, was doing um, a variation of that on a glute uh, ham developer, or GHD. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that was quite interesting. What's, what's your thoughts on that? Or what's your yeah, so that, that's that? just
1: something um, he's been playing around with, because there was this guy, um, Ron Deuce, who, um, I think he came sixth at Arnold's this year, and in training, he's lifted a 200 kilo stone at 90 kilos. <laughs> so he's like, he's... One of the best, if not the best, under ninety kilo stone lifters in the world. Yeah. But he, he's pretty much a specialist at it. Yeah. You know, it's it's almost. It's, I mean, um, yeah, he's, he's really focused on. You know, some I think, he, I think he hits stones multiple times a week. Wow. Um. So you know, maybe at the detriment to other events, you know, I don't know, but I mean, it's it's awesome. Is it, it's an awesome feat to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stone uh, off the ground, let alone yeah. Uh,
0: um, getting it above. Chest height and um, under ninety kilos. Right? Yeah, no,
1: it's it's a phenomenal feat. So it'd be really cool if there's um, some opportunity for him to break like an under ninety stone record this year. Yep, would be pretty cool. Um, for but, that,
0: that particular guy you're mentioning. Yeah, if, uh,
1: yeah, run Yeah, um, I'd lo- really like to see that. You know, make it official. Um, if it hasn't been a radio, I'm not sure, but um. Yeah, he, put, he said on Instagram that he had some secret exercise and that he he'd got a PB on it and there was a glute ham raised variation and that helped his, um, he knew if that, that had gone up so he was ready for a big stone. Yeah. And then um, I messaged him and I was like, is it like a round back glute ham? And he was like, is that even possible? And he was like, no, it's not. And then um eventually he spilled, spilled the beans uh, and um, Nutty played around with a few Nutty variations. Not, a move, not sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, play around with a few variations. Um, so, like round back and then lifting your hands up. And um, there's definitely some stuff to, that we need to play around with because it hits your back in some interesting ways. Yes, it does. And, and <coughs> some of it was with bent
0: knees, too, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, there's, there's definitely... There's definitely variation with bent knees. Yeah. Um, I, I posted a video
0: recently on um, glute ham raise on the glute GHD. Mm-hmm. Um, and not bending knees because it does make it very difficult, but obviously... Lifting stones in a strong man is very difficult, so if that actually can translate yeah. across and help, mm. then by all means.
1: Yeah, and then, um, well actually, just on glute ham raises, one thing I've wanted to mention is... Um, to do with deadlifts? Yeah, to do with deadlifts. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're f- finally coming back to deadlifts, don't worry <laughs> guys. <laughs> my, one of my favourite ones is um, those doing the glute hams but on the incline bench, like a Nordic curl. Okay. You you probably would have seen me do them like where so so we're not on the glute ham raise machine um we might have to put like a video and link it to the show. You mean like on a
0: back extension or yeah what? on a, back, a like a forty five oh. degree back raise. Oh, okay, I thought you meant just on a normal like bench press bench. No 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 no, no, no like a yeah. forty five degree back raise. Okay yep
1: um so we might have to put this you in might the show notes. Way back. No no just to do a glute ham raise but it's uh like an incline Nordic kill like so okay you can, yeah it's you, a you
0: lot need extra the support.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like a like a like the it's like the one where someone's holding your feet on the ground. Yep. But it's a little bit more progressive. And how's that um help with the deadlift? Um, I just I felt it a lot more intensely. There's this real sticking point right right out of the bottom on that movement. Yep. And um, what did that feel like in the deadlift? I just to me I felt like a lot more strong through middle actually
0: middle okay interesting yeah, that would make sense I suppose if you're coming out of that
1: yeah yeah um, well but really the whole movement like as soon as I put those in I noticed that was when I started you know hit those runner 300s last year yeah that was like one of the big things watch
0: out for this video Max will be doing this exercise demonstration um, so you guys know what we're actually talking about yeah well
1: um you watch sh- you've got show notes on here you can link like show notes sure
0: yeah <laughs> Sure, this is uh, my third time using this, yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm sure I know. No, do. We'll,
1: we'll, put, we'll put something in the description <laughs> yep. with a link. There's no one we're talking about, but I, re- yeah, I really like that exercise. Um, it's, it's almost to the point where people have asked me, what equipment should I get for my gym? And I'm like, before you get anything else, get a 45 degree back raise. Yes, I could not agree
0: <laughs> on that more. That is uh, uh, definitely a great exercise. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, if you have, haven't done it, yeah, you'll have to see this exercise and give it a go. Because um, it really hits the hamstrings in a, a different way.
0: Yeah. All right. Does that pretty much tie up everything for the deadlifts? Like, there's probably a bit more we could talk about. <laughs> that, uh, but is there anything <laughs> else you well, want to Well, um,
1: how, how did you find the strongman stuff helped your deadlift overall? Do you get some good, good increases?
0: Yes. Um, uh, like, uh, specifically for the training, because my squat had to go up so much, that helped a lot oh, of my yep. uh, leg drive. Because I... There was a period I did my first official strongman comp um, seven weeks before, which was a qualify for the state um, strongman competition. Seven weeks before that state com- uh, strongman competition, uh, in that qualifying competition or event, there was a squat at 235. I'd only got three reps on that. Seven weeks later, there was a 275 kilo squat, yeah. um, which i knew at the time judging off what i just got i wasn't going to get so i had to work really hard and increasing that up i didn't actually work a lot on my deadlifts i worked a lot on my squat and i did uh, a few stone sessions and with that after the week after comp i had a pb on deadlift from 240 to 250 Mm. and then week after that um i went and competed in a powerlifting competition and got 260 on my deadlift so i think the biggest things that came across was probably the um squat going up and the stones
1: so basically not deadlifting
0: yeah basically <laughs> basically not deadlifting for seven weeks and focusing just on getting my squat up <laughs> yeah, there you go. and I'm um, doing a few stone sessions <laughs> <laughs> when i say a few it was probably about two yeah, you make it sound pretty easy there's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of hard work involved in well, at times I felt like um just going, fuck I do not want to squat today. <laughs> but, uh, just getting under the bar and getting it done. Like there's nothing mm. like it doesn't matter what you're trying to achieve and especially like especially with the deadlift, probably like Max said, the most taxing lift of all is that you have to have the mindset going in that you're gonna lift today. You can't go in there half assed with a deadlift with a squat or a bench press. You can go maybe a little bit less of a mindset, but deadlift, you have to know that you're, mm. you're going to lift the fucking earth from the yeah. ground. So.
1: Yeah, it's a lift where um, you have to have all your ducks in a row. So if you've had a late night the night before, you know, <laughs> had a few drinks, you're not going to be hitting your numbers the next day. Yeah. Um, if, or if you, haven't, if you've had, you know, haven't eaten enough the day before or the day of, you're screwed. Yeah, you can't you can't mess around when it's a deadlift day. No, no, not you if know. it's
0: a not if you want to take your deadlift seriously. And this is what this podcast, uh, this is what this episode is about: yes. is how to take your deadlift seriously. If You notice we have spoken for over an hour, pretty much just on <coughs> different topics to do with deadlifts. We're both very passionate about deadlifts,
1: and there'll be plenty more to come in
0: the future. You got anything, else You want Adam?
1: Yeah. Oh, actually, I was going to say an interesting story about the biggest progress I've ever made on the deadlift. Yep. Which is something I don't necessarily recommend, but it definitely works so when I was st- starting training one of the first programs I did with this Ed Cone um, 10-week deadlift program yeah or 12 week I can't remember Cone Felipe it's quite a common one and it got me from 150 to 170 in um, 10 weeks okay so it's wow. p- pretty solid but I wanted more so I jumped on this program called Fast Paced Fitness. And it was <laughs> this sounds very promising. Yeah, but it was it was it's from this. Um, anyway, I won't go into the details of the, it. Was on this website that's now um, no longer around. It was um, had some interesting training ideas, but the um, it was four days a week and three days in a row of heavy deadlifts. So so day one, day one was something like um, you know three by three at ninety percent. And then it went like two by two at 95. And then it went uh, singles at um, 100% on the third day. And then you had a day off and you did singles at 80% for your light day. Wow. So it was just ridiculously heavy. Anyway, two weeks went from one ni-
0: 170
1: to 190. Wow. In 20 kilos. Wow. And then yeah. I did it, did it again a few months later and went 200 to 225 in two weeks. So... Um, definitely it was a probably risky program on the lower back pulling max deadlifts three times a week but for that phase i was in it worked really well so just an interesting program and one i haven't really given to anyone because it's um not very not very safe but um yeah just uh just a reminder you know there's not really any hard and fast rules a lot of different things can work yeah
0: um and something we actually haven't mentioned during this episode is the reason why uh, or how frequently we would recommend deadlifting. Yeah. Um, a heavy deadlift for some people might be once every two weeks. Yeah. Or, um, might be once a week. Um, but the main reason behind that is the deadlift, more than any other exercise, uses more of your central nervous system, which takes six times longer to recover on average compared to muscle. Um, you want to make any notes on that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. I'm only really going to 100%. Um, on deadlifts every second week, and I'm even finding for people that aren't that advanced, they actually get way better results by holding back yep. and only pushing every second week. So, um, you know, you, that, that's, that's been a, bit, a bit more of a rule with more advanced people, but I'm finding everyone uh, does better if they do alternate heavy and, heavier and light weeks. Yep. Uh, well, By light, I mean you're just going, you know, 10, 20 kilos off what you do on the heavy week. It's yep. not like a, you know, mess around in a 60% session. You're still shifting some weight that's, you you have to... I like how Max says anything around that 60% max mark
0: is uh, is just messing around.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We you you need to be hitting 70% of your max to have any strength increase on most exercises. You know, there's a few exceptions. Um, But yeah, yeah, so that's that's one big thing. Um, And then, you know, there's only so many max deadlifts you can pull in a year
0: okay that's interesting well. what's a, what's the a average recommendation for max deadlifts per the year well
1: if you're actually going to make progress on each one you know it would be um, probably three to four okay um, so yeah, like a quarterly deadlift pretty much yeah yep that's interesting if you're actually going to make gains if actually if, you know if you just want to hit a max deadlift for fun but you, you can't expect to make progress if you're eating them you know, 10 times a year.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's, that's probably one of my biggest mistakes is I like to, uh, I like to prove to myself that I am strong mm. because I, I'm like a goldfish and I forget that I am actually somewhat strong. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. I need to prove to myself that yeah, so yeah. I can actually that's lift good, away. That's good way I'm putting it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's about it. Anything else you want to add?
1: Yeah, um, no, that's a good point. You just got to have faith in yourself sometimes. Yeah,
0: you got to remember when you're actually training at a lower percentage of your max, that that's not a representation of your max as in other words that's not your max weight you're trying to pull you're actually training there's a difference between displaying strength yeah and training for strength and you've got to realize that when it comes down to deadlifts more importantly
1: yeah is that about it yeah that's about it um yeah well what's it what's your how about you just finish on a number one tip for increasing your deadlift
0: Oh, number one tip. Um, I'd go back to the very first thing I said is uh, increase your lat tension. And if you can't do that, increase your lat strength.
1: Yours? Yours. Um, compete. Do a strong, Sign up for a strongman comp. There we go. And you'll see more progress that you have training for a comp than you have in the previous yep. you know, few, few years. Do a deadlift competition. So, heard it from Max. Yep. Do it. Hold Get yourself done. accountable.
0: Yeah, 100%. All right, cheers, guys. Thanks for listening.
1: Cool.